Welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to Sharon Snar, ergonomics consultant with State Compensation Insurance Fund, about the importance of workplace ergonomics. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Sharon Snar, ergonomics consultant with State Compensation Insurance Fund. Welcome, Sharon. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, and before we kind of get into questions about ergonomics, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, State Fund. Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Sharon Starr, as you mentioned, and I'm an ergonomics consultant with State Compensation Insurance Fund in California. And I'm able to work directly with our policies on the loss prevention side of our business. And just a little bit about me, um, I really enjoy helping people, and my first career was working as a physical therapist. Oh. And while working as a PT, I was introduced to job analysis and ergonomics while implementing post-op or pre-employment physicals, and I found my passion. Ergonomics is about helping people prevent injuries, and what a better way to help the injured patients than by preventing the injuries in the first place. So that's kind of how I got into this field and started specializing in the field of ergonomics. Nice. And so, yeah, just a little bit about State Fund. They provide workers' compensation insurance and have been in business for over 100 years. And a unique part of State Fund is that they provide safety and health information and specialists like ergonomists and industrial hygienists to work with our policies. And included in the purpose statement is the desire to make all of California workplaces safer. And that philosophy is something that really personally appealed to me. And so I'm really enjoying my work here with State Fund. Excellent. Um, so first off, I wanted to have you tell me, talk about the, what's the long-term benefit of an ergonomic, ergonomically correct workplace? You know, besides the fact ergonomics is hard to say, right? Yes, um, all right, screw it up twice. <laughs> We definitely, um, uh, we, we start by having to explain what that means, right? So it's definitely not an easy word to say. But um, I would say the long-term benefits um, of making sure that you have an ergonomically correct workplace is it reduces injuries um, for your workers. And that's, we kind of covered that a little bit and why I'm passionate about doing this. Um, because ergonomics, which is fitting the job to the employees, prevents injuries. For example, if you have a shorter worker and a taller worker and they're having to get something off a high shelf, you know, the shorter workers at a disadvantage having to reach way high over their head um, throughout the day to grab that item. So by providing a, a platform for that person or a step stool or lowering the shelf, uh, both of these employees would have an equal opportunity to um, avoid getting injured while they're working in that job. Or you could have uh, the forklift, instead of bringing the pallets of boxes and putting it on the ground, they can put it right next to the um, employee on their work table and then they don't have to bend over all day picking that box up. So some of these simple solutions really work well to help reduce those injuries. Um, the second way that uh, I see a long-term benefit of implementing ergonomics is reduced cost. Mm -hmm. So of course there's a the re reduced cost of your employees because they're not getting hurt, right? And they also talk about direct costs and indirect costs. So you have the direct cost of the claim and the medical um, follow-up for the employee, but the indirect costs that the employers have to, um, and that they have to take on, like um, 
hiring and trading somebody temporarily to, to take that position over while the person's on medical leave. So those are some of the long-term benefits. The, there's a, also a cost savings with uh, ergonomics though that doesn't relate to injuries at all. If you can bring an ergonomics, uh, ergonomics specialist, there we go, uh, in at the beginning to help with the design of your new workstation or the process that you're implementing, you're gonna save money because they're gonna design that to be more efficient and you're gonna have a better quality output on the other end. So these are some of the long-term benefits that I see for taking some time and bringing a, a consultant in at the beginning um, of your workplace design. Um, just curious, like is ergonomics, I mean, I know the concept of ergonomics has been around for a while. Uh, are companies starting to pay attention to it more now? Cause it, you know, it seems like certainly, uh, older buildings and offices and things like that were not designed with ergonomics in mind at all. Yes. Right. And I, I think, I, I definitely think that, um, the term again, even if it's hard to say is definitely becoming more familiar. Mm -hmm. um, one, and, when, and I've been doing this long enough that I, I went into workplaces before we had flat panel monitors and I was trying to help design, you know, they had these labs in the bottom of a hospital or something and, the, you know, the, they weren't designed for computers at all, let alone with the large big screens. So some of those older offices are really a challenge. Um, one, one of the most common misconceptions that I get when I'm when I'm trying to provide my services is that um, there's this there's this um, feeling that ergonomics is only about office place. I think it's more familiar. There's a lot more information being shared about ergonomics in the office environment because it's an important one. Mm -hmm. But um, that's 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 the one. It's like, oh I don't need your help because you don't really have offices or a manufacturing plant. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You need my help because, you know, again, it's about designing the jobs to fit the workers, no matter what kind of workers they are. And so um, I, I, my worst situation is when I'm brought in after somebody's invested thousands of dollars in new equipment, and I'm the one that has to say, you probably spent your money in the wrong place, or we have to modify it now. And so that's, that's always a, a, a bad place to be in. So it's about education. It's still about education. Um, what are the most common, um, I guess, uh, ergonomics problems that you run into when you're when you're kind of going into workplaces? Well, you know, a lot of times, like my examples earlier, it, it's simple things, you know, and and I'm frequently amazed that sometimes the thought of putting the box on the table next to the worker instead of on the ground, you know. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I get that's difficult is, well, we've always done it this way, right? We're not going to change it. And I think that's probably the most difficult thing in interacting with both the employees and the employers is it's, it's change. Nobody likes change. You know, even ingesting a simple workstation, uh, office workstation for you and saying, well, your, your computer monitor is too high or too low. Well, I like it that way. You know, and what we don't realize, uh, what, what, what we feel is normal isn't necessarily comfortable or the correct position, right? Just because it feels familiar doesn't mean it's correct. <laughs> and right. so uh, we just try and work with baby steps. Like, okay, well, your monitor should be lowered three inches, but let's do an inch at a time so your body gets accustomed to that change. Um, and, you know, you mentioned sort of the, the misconception earlier that 
ergonomics is strictly kind of an office concern. What are some other uh, common ergonomics misconceptions that you hear from employers? Um, just that it's it's about well, I think one one misconception is that they have to spend a lot of money mm -hmm. to make something better. And there's a lot of solutions that are low cost or no cost. And what we like to do when we're in the workplace is, is mock it up, play, put a trial of it out with some of the equipment they have nearby to see what it feels like and to let the employees feel the difference and see the difference um, in, in before they invest any money into making that a permanent solution. Um, and I guess... From, a, from an office standpoint, what are the most misused office items? Yeah, that's a good, that's a great question. So um, the, right now, even though um, I would like to um, educate people to know that ergonomics can, can hit all fields, the office environment is the biggest one. And it's because we all at least have an office computer at home right nowadays. And so it's really important. And now that people are being sent home and there's this hybrid workplace model or more people are choosing to work from home since the pandemic, um, what I see as a most misused office item is that the employees are being sent home or using the laptop as their primary computer. And it's not possible to get the keyboard and mouse height and the monitor height correctly when you um, have a laptop because they're connected to each other. So at minimum, it's important to invest in a separate keyboard and mouse. You want to make sure that you have hands at about elbow height so that your arms are parallel to the ground when you're working at the computer. And if you have a separate keyboard and mouse, then you can now take your laptop and it could be only your monitor. And you could raise it up even on a couple of thick books at home so that the top of that screen is at your eye level. And so that would be a quick and easy way to make that most misused office item um, correct. Because they were just designed for travel initially, and right. now they are being used more permanently. So um, that's probably the biggest thing that I would see. Uh, and, and, you know, I guess when you're talking to, um, you know, workplaces and you're kind of making recommendations, is that the big fear that they that they're going to be spending a lot of money? And when you you kind of have to explain that, you know, there's sort of easier workarounds that you can do that don't, you know doesn't require you to uh, invest in you know all new equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's definitely that conversation we have, and it's a concern as the environment is changing for employers because they're like. You know, thinking of it as this big expense, now what do I have to do? I have to provide office equipment for you at work, and I have to provide it at home. And I just, I like to um, have those conversations with the employers and just, just say it's important to take time and create that office ergonomics program for the workers at home, just like you had to when they were in the traditional office setting. And taking the time to make those decisions on what you will provide and what you won't provide for the employees so that they have a great, a good understanding and just communicate that plan with them. So they know, here's what my employer is going to provide for me. If I need something special, here's how I'm going to get it. And so I really encourage them to set up um, that office ergonomics program with a plan and just have a plan in place. 
Um, and then I do, we actually, um, I wanted to direct you, we just, um, we just released 12 new videos on our website and I'll share that, that information and link with you um, that you can share, but it's safeatworkca.com. And if you go to the topics of ergonomics on that first page is our ergonomics for your home office. And there's 12 videos that were designed in, in a quick, fun, um, easy way to watch that uh, your uh, listeners can take, take advantage of and take a look at. And one of those is how to set up your home office on a budget. And so here are some ways that you can consider getting your equipment at the right positions without having to invest a lot of money. And so that's available um, for everyone to take a look at. Nice. Um, so, uh, you know, talking, speaking of sort of the remote working environment, what, you know, obviously uh, it's tough to control if, I guess, if you're an employer and somebody's working from home, what they, you know, how they kind of uh, set up their workstation and all that. What, what are some of the top considerations and, and I guess, it, priority investments for employers to ensure that employees are, are working safe, uh, ergonomically safe from home? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, if you're going to prioritize some of the things, like I mentioned earlier, if you're sending the employees home with the laptop, invest in an external keyboard and mouse for them. Um, and they can then raise that monitor so that that's at the right height. So that would be a priority, if, especially if the laptop is what you're sending um, the employees home with. Um, probably the next thing would be to try and find a good adjustable office chair for them to um, sit in. Um, it's not possible for us to um, adjust our kitchen table chairs, right? Or, you know, and so, some employees, that's what they're doing during the day. They don't have a, a specific office space. So if um, the reason that a chair is important and having some adjustments and making sure it's comfortable for you, besides that comfort piece of being more comfortable in, in a padded chair versus the, the rigid one that I might have at my table, um, is most people can't, um, the, the height of a kitchen table or even a standard office desk is too high for most of us to have our keyboard and mouse. And in the office, in the traditional office, um, your employer may provide a, a keyboard tray for you to lower that keyboard and mouse. And I don't want to screw something into my kitchen table, right? So that's not an option. Um, so if you can't lower your keyboard and mouse to the right height, then you would raise your chair as the alternative to high, to raise your height so that you're at a better position at the, at the keyboard and mouse. And then, of course, that would lead to um, sometimes our ergonomic solutions create another problem. So if I raise my chair up, my feet might be swinging. And so then I, I think the third thing would be to make sure they have a foot support if they're raising their, if they're raising their chair up. Mm -hmm. Um, another idea that's on those videos I mentioned is some of us have a, a, lap, a lap tray or a like a TV tray. Mm -hmm. And so those sometimes can be put placed in front of you under your table and you can put your keyboard and mouse on that and then with, you know you don't have to raise your chair so high. So there's some there's some fun kind of ways to find uh, comfort in this challenging environment. Um, but those would probably be the, the investments that I would encourage um, an employer as they're having somebody set themselves up in their office. Um, so the, the big piece we talked about already was just making sure that you've educated your employees on how to set up their workstation correctly. Um, so starting with that piece 
And the second thing is to um, communicate with the employees. Don't be afraid to ask them how they're doing at home. I think there's a little bit of a fear because it's their personal space. Mm-hmm. But if you're working from home, you want your employees to be comfortable and set up correctly at, at the uh, work environment. And you want them to know you care. So asking questions and giving them information on what you provide and how to set up your workstation correctly by you know using some of the links I shared or or your own internal information on setting up a, a proper workstation um, really goes a long way to make sure that your employees are, are comfortable and, and productive in their uh, home office environments. Um, I guess this is a question more for the office environment, but what are your thoughts on sort of the adjustable height desks, you know, the ones that you can kind of, you know, lower or, or raise? Yeah, what, you know, how do you, uh, and, and I guess how do, uh, should everybody be using those or is that kind of just based on personal preference or comfort? How do you sort of evaluate those? Yeah, so that's definitely been a trend, right, um, uh, for the past few years. And um, I've actually had the opportunity to hear research um, on all sides, sitting's good, standing's good, sitting's bad, standing's bad. <laughs> um, and then we had one presenter that's like, I'm going to talk about perching, which is the middle of the two, right? Um, And I I believe that the most important thing, and I I think research is really, really showing this, that its movement is really important. So I have a sit-stand desk, um, and I take advantage of that, but standing all day is not better for you than sitting all day. And I think that's where some of the misconceptions have come in. Um, And the other thing is that an employee might feel like, um, they're, 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 they, the company purchased this desk for me, so I need to stand, right? I need to show that it's worth it. Or, and so um, a lot of the environments are just automatically including that now, which I believe is great just because it's encouraging movement. Um, but the recommendation that I give is to stand um, for no more than about 10 to 15 minutes at a time each hour. And so the importance of it is not to stand for the morning and sit the afternoon, but right. to move throughout the day. And um, the other thing that happens with uh, sit-stand desks is that people want, now I'm standing and my feet hurt, right? <laughs> so now my my employer or my, my boss has purchased this desk for me, and now I'm like, oh, I need an anti-fatigue mat because my feet hurt. And if you, if you provide the anti-fatigue mat, then it's harder for them to roll their chair onto the desk. They have to bend over, pick up this heavy mat and move it. So you get this other complication. And so um, what I say to people is if your feet hurt, that's your body telling you, you should sit down. Right. So listen to your body and move often throughout the day. Um, if an employer is not interested in purchasing a sit-stand desk for you, you can get the benefits of that <clears throat> just by setting a timer and um, and standing up and walking to, you know, we used to walk to the printer, walk to the water cooler, right, right. you know, and so those are some nice, hold on, I got tickled, hold on, it's okay. Yeah, we're, we're back in the office once, one day a week now, and I, and my company has, <laughs> Uh, those those adjustable desks, you know, we all have them, and I've just never got the hang of using it st- for standing up. So I just 
I just sit the whole time, but I do get up probably once an hour just to go walk, you know, just kind of walk away right. for a little bit just because it's, yeah, yeah, sitting in one spot is hard for, you know, eight hours or whatever. Right. Yeah. And the, and that's a part that's important. And so, and, and I like to deal with people on an individual basis, right? Mm-hmm. Even the keyboard trade, you know, in an office, I'd be like, do you love them or hate them? Because I'm not going to force you to use something that you don't like. What's the point of that? I'm going to try and work with you to, to find a way that you can um, be comfortable. If you don't like the keyboard tray, we'll raise your chair, get you a footrest, which we talked about already. Um, the other thing about the, the sit-stand desk is what employers were doing initially as, and it was based on cost, which makes sense, but I think the cost for um, freestanding sit-stand or in the cubicle sit-stand desks is coming down. But what they were doing is they were getting the ones that go on top of your desk. And that that creates a problem because, as I mentioned, keyboards and mice are too high on our traditional desk for most of us. So now you've just added a little bit of height to that. And so so those that put the, the standing desk on top of the desk, then it's even higher for them to sit correctly and use it. And then when they stand, they're probably fine. So they do have some of those that go on top of the desk that, that do have a tray that go below the desk. Um, they also can be hard or very heavy and awkward to lift. Um, so then you get this whole other dynamic of now I've got this wide grasp, this heavy thing I'm supposed to lift up and down. Right. And, you know, they have electric versions, but there's just all of these things. I mean, a lot of times when we have an, an ergonomic solution, we do create some other issues. And so it's really important to, to see what those all are and hopefully catch them before you've invested a lot of money in the equipment. But um, but no, that's a great question because it's definitely something that's on people's mind. And if you have a desk and you want to use it, then stand for five to 10, 15 minutes at a time and then sit the other times. Um, so make sure you know that. And if you don't have a desk, just know that you can have the benefits of standing and moving if you just stand and move. Makes sense. Um, yeah. For the non-office environment that that you kind of deal with, what are, you know, I know you mentioned a little bit earlier about sort of, you know, what you see, what you would see in, say, a warehouse or something. What are what are some of the other kind of common ergonomics problems that you might spot in a, you know, on a construction site or a warehouse or somewhere that's not a typical office environment? Well, it's mostly about um, not putting stuff on the ground if you don't have to, trying to process everything at the same height. The worker, you know, bring it into the same height. They have to work at it, uh, the level they need to work. You want to have, um, just like your standing desk, you want to have the um, items that you're working on when you're standing uh, to be about your waist level. It's just where we're strongest. Um, the risks come from how far the objects are that we're carrying or handling, how far they are away from our bodies, as well as bending down to access them. So those are probably the things that we see the most. Um, and so that's what we're trying to help eliminate. Like, can you even just have two or three pallets stacked up on top of each other and bring it in a little bit higher? Mm-hmm. And even those small changes can really make a big difference on how difficult something is to handle a little bit. Um, you mentioned the construction, the construction site, and so when you're dealing in industries, we also deal a lot with agriculture. And when you're dealing with industries that 
that is where the work is, is on the ground mm -hmm. or the roof, right? Then, then sometimes our only options are to encourage some of those administrative controls and job rotation, stretching, that type of thing. Right. Um, and so we, we've, what we did to address that, because not all construction workers, I'll just have to say, are really um, hip and excited about starting a stretch and flex program <laughs> in the morning, right? Um, and so you can you can you can play it nicely and try and get that that buy-in a little bit. But um, one thing that one of my colleagues created, um, which is also on our website, is um, a paper that talks about here's the positions you're in all day: construction worker, roofer. I'm bending over all day in that position. Here's the stretch you could do to counteract that. So just like we were talking about the office, you're sitting, mm -hmm. stand up walk around, change your position. Same thing goes for the construction sites or the warehouses. If you're in one position a lot, helping them identify what stretch would help me counteract that, posi that position is huge for them because then they're not, you know, standing around in a circle doing yoga in their minds, right? Which is never what they're doing anyways, but um, <laughs> it, it's, it's really associated to the work. So sometimes, I mean, our job is so much about trying to educate and sell the concepts, you know, try and convince you in baby steps to change your mind, your behaviors, and your actions to improve, you know, the outcome for yourself. So there's a lot, a lot of psychology sometimes that, that can be involved in changing human behavior. None of us want to change. I want to change. I like it this way. You right. Know? I mean, is it a generational thing too, where like, you know, uh, older workers who've been doing the same thing for 20 or 30 years kind of want to are stuck in their ways whereas you know somebody who maybe is only you know five to ten years into it might be more open to suggestion yeah that i'm sorry let me close everything the life of working remotely i'm so sorry um yes i Yes and no. It, it is. It does definitely impact. Um, it definitely impacts the uh, interactions. You can definitely see some of these generational gaps that are happening. Mm -hmm. Your long-term employees. I I like to talk to them because they've got the experience and they also know what's been tried before and what's failed. Right. And so you really can get some great information from those employees. Um, the new ones, um, yeah, they, they can be more willing to hear some different ideas. And I think the newer ones probably are more familiar with the ergonomics word as well, this concept mm -hmm. of trying to make things a little better. So I get I gain great value from talking to both ends of the spectrum because I get that that knowledge from those long timers, and then I get the kind of willingness to try something new, like you were mentioning, from the younger ones. Great. Well, Sharon, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Yes, I really enjoyed talking with you, um, and I I'd, I'd love to just reiterate a few points if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I just want um, to make sure that your listeners understand how ergonomics is such a benefit. It can um, benefit the employees because you're more comfortable. It benefits the employers because you're creating a safer work environment and reducing your costs. So um, definitely try 
think think of bringing us in sooner rather than later if you have that opportunity because we can help you on the designing and, and probably save money from spending spending that money on things that probably aren't the right pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. And then if you're working from home, take time to set up your office space, gather information. You can always find great information at our website, safeatworkca.com or Google search office ergonomics. You're going to find more information that you can handle. Um, so take the time. There are low cost or no cost solutions to make sure you are comfortable at home. And um, so that's really important, but probably more important than that is once you've taken time to make sure your office space is set up correctly, make sure you walk away from it. Um, research is showing actually that the people that are working from home are spending more productive hours at their computer than we did in a traditional office. So that's showing that we're not walking away from our computers and I'm guilty of this myself. I have to set that timer, make sure I walk away every 20 minutes. But it's important to move because even if your desk is set up properly, you are at risk if you don't move and change positions. So I really, really have enjoyed talking with you today, Jay. Thank you for having me um, on your podcast. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. That wraps up episode 133 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time.